American Fantastic Theater proudly presents 13 Halloween Dead, written and performed by John Beecham. Number one, here lie the bones of old Bob Jones. He fancied the last of McCoy, a man he had known since a boy, so McCoy crushed his skull with some stones. Number two, a little light flickered far into the night, like an autumnal firefly or a fairy's torchlight. I followed very far to see where it would lead, and though the trees whispered not to, their warnings I failed to heed. Its glow was warm and orange, inside a pumpkin's perfect teeth, a blazing sword so razor sharp, inside my heart's cold sheath. The subtle hints of salty air, the soft sigh of crashing waves, the thick black quiet of still church bells, a soft brown crunch of leaves on graves. These I did pass through in vain, for lanterns light above the briny water. All I could think was the ocean's thoughts. Cold Atlantic's claim, I got her. Number three. Love's ache cuts ragged teeth into a heart that's chewed as the wolf pack feasts. Number four. Let them find me here in this heartless black forest, bones picked clean by beasts. Number five. Oared weaver spiders thread their webs in the light of the moon. The center of these silky homes is like an eye peering out of darkness. Pale Luna, its bright pupil, and the spider she welcomes her guests with an endless hunger, checking them in, checking them out. The poor victim here, one Jack Lowe, an arachnophobe of fine distinction, didn't notice the orb weaver's web until it had already clung to his face like cotton candy around fingertips. And so in the light of the full moon, and in the wake of his coolest surprise, he tumbled down the steps of his front porch, skulls split like a rotten egg on this rock here, no longer an ornamental artifact of this rather tidy garden, but now an instrument of the orb weaver's doom. Number six. We are shuffling corpses walking through the trenches like mindless dead, shuffling ankle deep in mud and blood, waiting for the next charge toward a faceless enemy, listening for the sergeant's whistle like a hollow scream. I have fought for over two years, witnessed friends cut by bullets like scissors. One day I stood before a mirror, its surface a spider's web, cracked by a rifle's ricochet. I shaved by the light of a lantern and the lonely moon. Artillery sounded like heartbeats in the night, threading angrily. My reflection looked like a skull, hollow eyes, pale skin, teeth and a rigid smile. My razor scraped against bone. It was hideous. Fright grew vines around my brain. So ugly was my face. Then I heard the deadly whistle of a shell that found me and I exploded. Violently that October night. Now I hover as a ghost above Flanders. See the crater painted red by my blood and pray. Heaven takes me soon. Number seven. Every room in this house is haunted. I swear it. Each creaking floorboard is a moan of the damned and the wind that shakes the windows is like a prisoner pounding the door to be let out. I heard the stories before they hired me, but the money was too damn good. It doesn't really make up for that heavy terror sinking in my gut. Three messy deaths well over a hundred years ago now. A murder, a lynching, a suicide. Call it a lover's quarrel. I guess that's how they handled things back then. But those crimes left more than bloodstains in the carpet. So now I get to work, the light of a votive candle to smother the darkness and enough whiskey to drink before bedtime to smother my dreams. Number eight. Even if everyone else has given up, I haven't. Whether we're looking for a body or a person anymore, it doesn't matter to me. I only want certainty, 
I dreaded finality and to crush the terrible power of my nightmares. Even one single blonde hair would be enough if I knew that it were yours. Number nine. Now it doesn't even matter how many times I heard the soft click of a seatbelt or that I never fell to the temptation to text you back while I was driving to your apartment. At 30,000 feet, nothing can save you when the engines fail, oxygen masks flailing like limbs from the canopy. At first, my stomach lurched like I was on a roller coaster, but then it caught up to me in free fall. I can only hope I don't feel the impact when I become one more greasy spot upon the mountain. Number 10. DeAndre wore a pirate's costume that Halloween night, made up in a black vest, a billowing white shirt, skull and crossbones on a night that was entirely too prescient. I think of the last time I saw him smile, the joy in his eyes shattered by the whoop-whoop of the police cars and the flashing of its sirens. It didn't matter that the pistol in his hit was molded plastic, dipped with orange and a vintage centuries old. They shot him anyway, shielded by their fear, one more casualty in an undeclared war. Number 11. Every aching moment digs its claws into me, a psychic pain that clothes me in a dull numbness the paradox of feeling and unfeeling. I'm so lonely, in a sea of people cut off from everyone, and my mind wanders too. So many dark places, like bleeding out in a warm bathtub, hanging where the right person can find me. So many possibilities, I just need to find the right one and commit. Number 12. Alexander inspects the creature through four inches of hardened glass. An incredible specimen that floats in a nutritive suspension like so much amniotic fluid. Iridescent scales like a mallard's green feathers. Hands and feet webbed. Lipless mouth, fanged in a tight grimace. Shining black eyes, translucent lids only for feeding. Two arms, two legs, a hardened torso, maybe a soul inside, but it matters not. Another round of trials, today's pain tolerance, oxygen levels within the lab's cool atmosphere. The creature's fist smacks with a thud. Alexander smiles at its fierce spirit. Then a spider web appears in the glass and begins to grow. Alexander reaches for the control panel to deliver the electric shot, meant to subdue like the overseer's whip. But then the tank shatters, and the only thing that touches the alarm is a splatter of blood. 13. Death comes for us all, and if we are lucky when we are very old, surrounded by the ones who love us, spirits of our ancestors waiting to take us on our last great adventure. Through a tunnel of light, seeing every moment of our lives in just an instant. The end of a cycle, karma earned, lesson learned, waiting to be born again. Thank you so much for listening to American Fantastic Theater. 13 Halloween Dead is an acrostic poem, so the first letter of each poem spells out Halloween Dead, and it's our examination of death. This Halloween, uh, we do a different piece for every Halloween um, here at American Fantastic. You can read and listen to a lot more in our horror section and in American Fantastic Theater. Uh, Last year, we recorded 13 Candles, which is a coming-of-age queer love story. We also recorded The Cottonwood Curse, uh, and that was recorded by Troy Kramer. And last but not least, we also recorded The Lost Journals of Nellie Bly, Clash of the Kaiju, uh, which is a historical fantasy starring Nellie Bly and H.P. Lovecraft. There's a lot more audio content on American Fantastic 2. We have a pop culture podcast 
featuring me, John Beecham, and Troy Kramer called Hip Squared. Um, there is also an interview show called Five O Talk Two, and um, a lot of other great content. If you'd like to check that out at American Fantastic Theater, we also just published our Halloween update, and that includes art by Jack Scully and photography by Caleb Beecham and Michael Mays. Um, and if you'd like to support American Fantastic, please like us on Facebook, subscribe to American Fantastic Theater, and leave a review. You can also support us on Patreon by searching American Fantastic. Anything helps. Um, and again, we thank you so much for listening. And remember, when reality becomes a burden, enjoy a sojourn into the fantastic. <laughs>